Hey, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah a pull up in Aston Martin dog, non voglio assomigliarti no. Teleni on oh my broda, la tua troia tornerà in taxi Cresci di strada sassi, impari a fare i sorpassi Alright, what's up? What's good, folks? Hope you're all having a great COVID-infested Christmas period. What's going on? Merry Christmas to you all. It's Christmas Eve, baby. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be Christmas Eve. December 24th, 2021. Two Christmases in a row that have been smoked by, uh, by the cocoa. Two in a row, man. It's fucking brutal. Hope you're all doing well. I love Christmas, man. I really do. I have to say, um, I, I don't care about everything that's been going on. I don't care about the fact that, you know, you can't see your grandfather with, with, with a clear conscience. I don't care about that because I still love Christmas, everything about it, because I think of what really matters, and that's fish. And if you don't eat fish on the 24th today, you may as well fucking kill yourself because you're not a real, you're not a real Italian, bro. You're not a real WAP, bro. Me, bro... We make bacala on the 24th, bro. Me, I'm a wop. Okay, me, 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 I'm really Italian. Here's how you know I'm really Italian. We make, we make fish on the 24th. We don't even celebrate Christmas on the 25th. Don't, don't talk to me about it. We go, we, we, we go, we go fucking hard on the 24th, bro. Me, I'm from Campo Basso. That's where my family's from. We're from Campo Basso, bro. You never heard of it? It's a big town. It's a big town of 40,000 people. You know. My cousins, they're from Sicily, they're from Calabria, they're from, they'll say they're, they'll say they're from Campania, they'll say, they'll say they're Friulan, me, I'm from Campo Basso. Not sure if anyone's going to get that, that's a little fringe. A lot of people in Montreal are from this little fucking town, man. And they just talk about it like it's, yeah, that's where I'm from. Where's your family from? Where, what part of Italy, what part of the booty are you from, hun? Campo Basso. Like there's a lot of people in Montreal from this area in Sicily called Agrigento. It's, it's a province. A lot of them are from this little town called Catolica. It's actually where the Montreal mobsters who kind of ran shit up here are from. So you'd have some weirdos that would say they're Cataluques or they're from Agrigento. But usually they'll say they're Sicilian. They, they defer to the region. But these little fuckers... Where, what part of the boot are you from, huh? Campo Basso. My family's from Campo Basso. This little fucking town of 40,000 people in a region that many of the people who say they're from Campo Basso don't even know exists. And that's Molise. And IFTV aren't making things better by talking about this Serie D team, Campo Basso, that I think sponsors IFTV or vice versa. I'm not really sure. But they talk about them all the time. They put on events with them. And now you have fucking people up here that see that. Like, it's normal. Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, you know, I have friends who are Napolitan, so they pull for Napoli, right? I have, I have family from, from the Lazio area, so they pull for Roma or maybe Frosinone. Well, we'll pull for Campobasso because they're relevant. See, people talk about them here. They're coming up. Who the fuck? Like, no one knows where the fuck that is. Anyway. Christmas. What a weird Christmas it's going to be for a lot of people. So this is going to be going out. I'm banking this and it'll go out on the 24th tomorrow. It's going to be a bit of a busy day because I'm going to have to uh, bring food to my family because we've decided it's not safe to see my elder grandparents. Um, my brother my brother felt like shit 
had a little bit of a cold a couple days ago, took a rapid test, and it came back negative, and then it swapped to positive. So now we're on full guard in the house as of, as of, uh, as of tomorrow. As of right now, as of tonight, and as of tomorrow, the 24th, everything's canceled. We're not seeing anyone until further notice, until he gets a further test. He has a cold. He has a fucking cold, you know? My grandfather saw him. He thinks he has a cold. That's what it is now, right? That's what the Samacron shit is. That's, that's the new one now. It's, it's run through so many people. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like Zlatan Ibrahimovic. It was like really potent. It was really powerful. And now it wakes up in the morning and it's kind of like, it's, it's a struggle. It's a struggle to fucking do what it's got to do. It can't play a full 90 minutes. It's Zlatan. That's what Omicron is. Omicron, whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck this new variant's called that everyone's getting. Everyone's getting it, but no one even knows they have it because it fucking runs right through you. But take another 10 vaccines, bro. That'll solve it. Anyway, no, um, you know, or do, do what you want. Take a vaccine if you want. I don't give a fuck. But, you know, it's, be skeptical of anything that your overlords tell you, right? Disregard what they say. As a rule of thumb, be skeptical. Ask why. Ask who's profiting from situations, right? Have you ever heard, have you ever heard anyone on American television, any side of the aisle, criticize uh, pharmaceutical companies or their products? Fuck no, right? They're the big sponsor. Stay woke. Well, listen, let's not be too down on the world here, all right? Let's not be too much of a fucking bummer. It is Christmas after all, and I love Christmas because it's a very important day for the church. And you see, that's what it's all about. I love the church. I really do. Not just Jesus, the Bible, the institution. I think it's very noble how they've always championed the cause of child sexual assault and justice on that front. I think they've been very good to the gays over the years, and I think it's noble that they're willing to tell them the inconvenient truth, which is that they are going to go to hell because they fucking nut in each other's mouths. Are you kidding me? Nutting in a man's mouth instead of a woman's mouth? Yuck. Yuck. I mean, that's going to fucking send you to hell. And the church is, they're ballsy in telling these people that they need to repent. I think that's good. We need to remember that the church is very important in our lives and that they get shit done. Like when they blackmailed all those people in Europe for all those hundreds of years, up until recently, into giving large portions of their money to the church to not go to hell, that shows they get shit done. I think they're very financially responsible. I love the church. I do. I think they're the best. I think everything that went on in The Godfather uh, is bullshit, you know? Frankly, that whole story about them being in bed with the mob and engaging in some pretty nefarious financial activities is, is completely made up. And I don't respect that. I don't respect hearsay like that. I think that's complete horseshit. And I don't respect that at all. It's wrong that they could fucking slander an institution like that. They should be silenced. I think the crusades were justified. I think they have never really been flawed on any key issue ever. So I think it's at times like this that we need to remember the most important thing, which is on December 24th, you can't have pancetta in your lobster spaghetti. You can't. It's wrong. Just as it's wrong to lie with another man, you can't do it. That's not what Jesus would want, okay? Are you really going to do gay shit on his birthday? That's not what Christmas is about, man. Christmas is about being grateful for the fact that Jesus saved us by being birthed and dying for us. And all we can do, really, to be good Italian Catholics, really, is not eat meat one day of the year. If we do that, we're pretty good people. That's what matters. Let's never forget that, okay? So, Merry Christmas to you all. And remember what's important this year. Unwaveringly listening to the church 
and not questioning anything they ever say. Never. The moving around of the priests from parish to parish, that's, you know, they were just, they were, they were confused. They were confused and they needed help and they got assistance and, and that assistance came from other priests who uh, understood where they were coming from and the appropriate measures were taken. And yeah, I think we should also, I think we should defund the Boston Globe for that whole spotlight piece they did on them like 15 years ago. I think it's disgraceful. I think it slanders the church's good name and the Pope's good intentions. Merry Christmas! Man, so, look, uh, I don't know. I don't know this whole fucking... This, this COVID shit's not going away, though, and it's going to fuck over football. It's going to fuck over hockey. It's going to fuck over the Olympics. It's going to fuck over the World Cup. Like, if we keep testing for something that's basically now the common cold, we're fucked. We're fucked. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense anymore. To pretend that like we need to be testing athletes who are like 28 years old and ripped makes no fucking sense. When they don't have symptoms, you know, we're testing them all the time. Like no shit, eventually when the rest of the world is getting sick, you know, I'm no expert, I'm no epidemiologist, but eventually when Christmas rolls around, people are stressed. People interact with each other. They get sick. Happens all the time. Every fucking year, my aunt comes to Christmas. Uh, stay away from me, Samuel. Uh, don't give me a hug. Don't get too close. You know, I'm not feeling too well. And then a few days later, everyone gets sick. That's how it goes. But so what? Like, we're, we're testing every player in Serie A now because... Because what? Because we need to flatten the curve. Are we still fucking flattening a curve? C come on now, man. What's this about anymore? What we need to do now is... Here's the solution. If you want to ensure that, and this goes for all sports, the first league to do this is going to be revolutionary. And everyone should follow suit. I don't care if it's the NBA. I don't care if it's Serie A. I don't care if it's the Premier League, the NHL, the UFC. Wouldn't really work for the UFC because they put on events every week. But, and there's too many fighters. But I think in like any team sport, a fucking league should say, all right, here's the plan. We're going to go on hiatus for three weeks. Three weeks. All the players of every single team, and these are like sport leagues that make tons of money, okay? It's not like they can't afford this. Okay, we're talking like top leagues that are testing players all the time that need to go on in order for the calendar in soccer, in football to work come World Cup 2022 in Qatar. Here's what you do. You say, all right, every single team buys a fucking... Remember how they sometimes have like like a bubble, like in the NBA two years ago or in the NHL, there was a bubble, right, during the playoffs where they'd be, like, implementing really strict COVID protocol. We do the opposite. So we put everyone in a bubble where there's zero protocol and where they all interact with each other and they drink from the same mug every single morning. They have a coffee from the same mug. And they make sure that one of them gets COVID. What they do is they ensure that one of them somehow tests positive. They, everyone knows someone who's positive, right? So what you do is you get a patient zero on every single team. You get like a couple of guys to volunteer as tribute. Go catch COVID. Send them into a house with all of their teammates and interact with each other and breathe in the same air and shit. 
after two weeks, most of them we know will be fine. We extend, I mean, we extend it to three weeks so that there's like a little grace period in case anyone starts incubating a few days in. By the time they're done, they're all good. They've all got COVID antibodies. And then we don't have to test them anymore. At least then we could say, we don't need to test them, right? Because they've all had COVID. So we're only testing symptomatic players or players who feel like shit. At least then the optics don't look bad because that's the thing, right? You have to test players all the time. You can't do what the NFL does uh, in a lot of other leagues in the world because it's not socially acceptable to say, we're only going to test you if you're symptomatic. We're going to test you all the fucking time, multiple times a week because we can't have COVID, even if you feel fine. Because what? Like You're going to be putting other fucking people in danger? Let people make the choice to do what they want to do, see who they want to see. Get them all to have COVID. They're not going to be putting their fucking families at risk. At risk. And here's the thing. A lot of them, here's the beauty of that. You'd have some guys who are really anal about it that are going to opt out. You can't force them to do it. You strongly encourage it. But there's a social pressure there where if you don't do it, you're going to be seen as a pussy by your teammates. And like you're not taking one for the team. And that's the last thing anyone wants is to not be seen as a team player. So they're going to eat it. They're going to go. They're going to do it. They're going to go to the house with all their teammates. They're going to catch COVID. If we do that, then we can actually never worry about, or we can no longer worry. We can sufficiently say, we, we can say we're sufficiently sure that there's no longer a need to be worried about players testing positive anymore. You don't have to fucking postpone games. It's brilliant. They'll never do it, but that would be the solution. That's, that's what I would do. And here's the thing. You administer fucking therapeutics that you know work. The team physicians go out and prescribe shit to the players preemptively. They stock up on stuff that they know helps, right? In case anyone has an acute case. And that's it. A few players are going to be zonked for a few days, but it'll be worth it in the long run. And, you know, you don't have to publicly say that, oh, you know, the, the players are are being, you know, they're receiving medical treatment, they're getting drugs, they're getting therapeutics that we know work. No, because it's not socially acceptable to say that shit, right? Because it goes against the narrative that these big pharma companies have the one and only solution. So you don't even have to publicly state that. In private, they administer whatever medicine they know works, and they come back stronger, and they never have to take a break again. I'm really happy that the Premier League is playing on Boxing Day in a couple of days, because those games have to happen. Those games have to happen. The Boxing Day games are the only reason to wake up on Boxing Day. You can't take that away from people. Some people in England only have football to live for. They work fucking crazy jobs in the cold, out doing trades, and all they do is get hammered. All they do is get slammed. They go to the pub, they eat disgusting food, they don't have, a they don't have any time to meal prep. All they do is gamble, play darts, drink and watch football at the local. That's the only thing they have to look forward to during the holidays. Fucking give people some kind of joy during Christmas. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. That'll be my solution. You know, modern problems require modern solutions, as they say. So that's that's what I would that's what I would say. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's really concerning too how it's really concerning how, and I know that a lot of them are going to need to keep getting vaccinated in order to play uh, because of like travel restrictions that are going to be in place in a lot of countries around Europe. But dude, it's really alarming how many footballers lately have been having cardiac issues. I don't know if it's all myocarditis, which is apparently like something you can get from the vaccine. And listen, I've taken every vaccine 
that's ever been proposed to me, including COVID, including up until COVID. I've taken two jobs of it. I just feel like most of you that we've been, you know, we've been dicked, we, we, we've been dicked around a little bit. We were told one thing and now they're moving the goalposts. Now we're learning that apparently it leads to acute myocarditis in some cases. It leads to cardiac issues. Then you realize that Christian Eriksen had that issue back in June. You don't know what's happening there. I saw an article out of Germany where like they rattled off like 20 instances throughout Europe of players going down with issues and stuff. Obviously, a lot of that is shit that you're aware of in the top leagues that's been going on. There was a guy who plays for Strasbourg in Liga. I don't think there's been anyone in Serie A that I could think of. I could be wrong about that. There were a couple of guys, two or three in like the English league in the second or third division. Uh, there's Kingsley Coleman that's out with a cardiac issue. There's Sergio Aguero that just retired with an acute cardiac issue that he just became aware of. Really weird. There was a guy who played for Sheriff against the... Um, against um, the mighty Real Madrid in the Champions League a few weeks ago, who had the cardiac issue and had to go out. He's an African guy. I think he was Malian. I could be wrong. Whatever. A guy in the Champions League. Same thing. So anyway, I saw this paper out of Germany. Referees, lower-level players in Germany. It's, they're, they're, some of them are dying from acute cardiac issues that they're experiencing in games. It's insane. You know, when are we going to start asking questions, man? When are we allowed to say that this is dangerous for footballers? Because apparently, I don't know, it affects, uh, it affects them differently because of the cardiovascular requirements. Who the fuck is calling the house? Who calls the house phone? Someone is calling the Oh, it's Christmas Eve. You know what it is? My uncle is calling right now. I feel bad. You know, we're going to keep that in. That's probably like the first time ever. I always mute my own phone. That's the first time ever that the house phone is rang during a podcast in 154 episodes. This is, by the way, the 154th installment of the Calcio Podcast. Samadamo coming at you. I don't think I said that out the gate. There's a lot that's changing on the pod now, man, in case you haven't realized. And I think I decided that we're going to retire Pino completely. I was speaking to Genaletti the other day, and he was saying out of respect, I should, you know, I should, I should acknowledge that Pino's being retired because, you see... He was around for so long, and I just kind of cut him out a few weeks ago. I was just not feeling... I was feeling different music that given week, and I liked it. So I did it again, and I liked it even more, and now I decided that this is the way we're going, and then I didn't get in trouble for it, so now we're really like leaning into it. So I'm not saying Pino will never be played again, but just know he's retired. De facto, he's no longer... He's no longer the... He's still the anthem of the pod, but he's just de facto no longer part of it, if that makes sense. There is no anthem for the pod, but if there were one, it would be him. It would be Pino still. He'll be played sporadically, probably. But that'll make it more special. So I should acknowledge that Pino's done. Moment of silence. He's, you know, he's up in the rafters. He's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, this isn't an RIP thing. This is just, you know, it's, it's a little nod to the fact that that song is no longer part of the podcast. And I wanted to have Genaletti on tonight to talk about it. Uh, he's busy. I think his mom has COVID. So he's, everyone has COVID, bro. You get COVID. I get COVID. Everybody gets a COVID. So he wasn't able to come on, but, um, he was saying that he would have wanted to come on. Dude, I mean, he was, he was saying that he should have come on just to kind of pay tribute to Pino out of respect. So I'm doing that even though he, even though Genaletti's not here. Fucking hell. These lights keep going off while I'm recording, man. Oh, God, fucking... Why is this light flickering? It's going to be a real problem when we start the video on Patreon. 
Without the lights, the lighting here is fucking brutal. While I try to get this set up, look, so we're going to rotate the mic over this way. So Genaletti, dude, so Genaletti was supposed to be on, but because he's not, we're going to shit on him a little bit here. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. He's like losing his mind. I saw a picture of him the other day wearing a Shiba Inu hat, like a dad hat. He's, he's still rocking platinum blonde hair, copying me, obviously, from a few months ago. Uh, he's rocking a Shiba Inu hat. He's saying, hodl. Hodl the line. So he's a, uh, he, he looks, I don't know, he, he looks like a League of Legends player. He looks like he has about 13 million subscribers on YouTube now. He's a chartered accountant, but he looks like he's a YouTuber. It's look, it looks like that's what he should be doing. It's certainly what I think he wants to be doing. So I got a message the other day from someone on Twitter who DM'd me and said, hello, is it possible to speak to Nicholas Gentiletti? I can't message him personally. So I thought the next best thing Jesus Christ, I can't fucking read anymore. I can't message him personally. So I thought the next best thing would be messaging you since he's affiliated with the podcast. Because Nick has that he founded the cultural pod in his bio, which he did. This strange person continues. If possible, can you ask him to start a conversation with me? Because I think it would be best to talk to him personally about what I have to tell him thank you. So very bait. So I reach out to this girl and I go, what's the deal? Who are you? What the fuck? This person continues, does Nicholas Genaletti have a Hinge account? I believe he's being catfished on there. I say, get the fuck out of here. You're shitting me, right? They send me, this person sends me a picture of Nick with his ex-girlfriend like his his like an old ex girlfriend, which I know is a picture he would never fucking use. Uh, and it says, uh, "I know the best place to show you Italian food. This could be us. This could be us as like, this could be us as a picture of fucking him and his ex girlfriend." Which again, he would absolutely never say. So this person continues, unless this is Nick's account, then no, I'm not kidding. I was talking to this person for three and a half weeks until I pressed him to FaceTime. Then we were supposed to do it and he ghosted me. I asked to FaceTime before, but he said he has body dysmorphia and didn't like seeing himself in the little rectangle. I said it was fine at first and not to worry, but then things weren't adding up. So I kept asking him until he agreed and then he ghosted. So someone fucking found a picture of Genaletti, purported to be him. And he's trying to, I don't know, he's trying to get like nudes from girls or something. And, and just ghosts because it's not really him. So if, you know, this person, whoever's fucking pretending to be him gets on the FaceTime. The girl he's speaking to will see that it's very clearly not the handsome blonde bombshell that is Nick Genaletti. So, so I'm fucking confused at this point. I ask more questions. Basically, this person is saying... They feel catfished by this person, and apparently they're using Nick Genaletti's pictures to catfish them. It's insane. So that's it. I, I, I told I told him to I told I told her to report the account. Uh, Genaletti can't do anything about it. So that's it. I mean, just his his life's a fucking his life's a mess right now. He's getting he, he's getting people fucking taking old pictures of him, pretending to be him, trying to catfish people online. He looks like like a Twitch streamer. And he's, uh, he's buying into crypto culture and shit. He's buying into crypto. Genaletti, I don't know. So uh, he said he was going to come on and he, uh, then he got busy. So it's too bad. I don't know. His life's a mess. But anyway, he, he wanted me to retire Pino officially. So uh, I did out of respect. 
I think it was the right move. I really do think it was the right move. I might, you know what? I might call him. I might call him tomorrow and reach out, check in, and say, "Hey, buddy, how you doing? What's going on? Hey, listen, I know your mom's not feeling great, so I just wanted to give you some advice, and I'll just give like totally unsolicited medical advice that he didn't ask for because I know that'll really annoy him. But I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just shit disturb him a little bit. He won't know I'm fucking around. He's gonna think I'm being serious, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna push his buttons a little bit and be like, "Hey, yeah, listen, so I was." I was checking out this study. It said if you uh, it said if you dilute a little bit of bleach in, uh, into a big ass bottle of boiled water, and you gargle it, it actually kills COVID in the throat. So, you know, uh, I've been doing it since my brother tested for it the other day, and I've been feeling great. You should give it a try and tell your mom to do it, and uh, and just I don't know, just 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 fuck around with him a little bit. I haven't fucked with him for a long time. I used to do it on the pot all the time. I do miss that. <clears throat> That's one thing I miss about having him on. It's been fun. It's been fun to be alone since, uh, since he, since he's been gone. But um, that's one thing I miss is, is busting his balls. But no, seriously, there, there are there. So there are some things that apparently you could do to like get COVID out of your system pretty quickly, like using like just solutions that. Decontaminate the nose and the throat. Apparently, there have been studies to suggest that. I've been doing a lot of reading on it recently. It's called oral nasal virucidal therapy, and there's a cardiologist on Rogan last week who talked about it. So I researched it a little bit more, and apparently, it's legit. And I, I, I told my grandfather about it, and I tried to get, which is, you know, I, I knew I was fighting a losing battle there, but I was like, you know what, fuck it. I mean, if he has it and he's feeling a little sick, it won't hurt. It's a benign thing. It's stuff you can get at the pharmacy that you could do it with. So. I thought I'll I thought I'll try to suggest it to him. It's kind of like trying to get him to like use an iPad. You know it's not going to be easy. You give it a shot. You figure he probably will forget all of it anyway. He won't really know what to do unless you kind of do it for him. It's going to be hard for him to follow instructions. Also, just because he's a man too, in the process, like the process of like acquiring certain pharmaceuticals and then like divvying it up into the appropriate portions is just I don't know. There's, I think men generally suck at that. But especially as they get older and lose patience. So I knew it was a bit of a losing battle. But I tried to get him to, I tried to, get him to you know, at least be open to the idea of giving it a shot if he felt like shit. Because I thought maybe it'd help him feel better after a couple of days. And, you know, it's really funny. Grandparents, your grandparents, act really worried about getting COVID when they watch the news and stuff. Because it's all they consume. They're worried, right? But then when they get it, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like an immigrant thing or maybe it's just like an old person thing. <laughs> it's like, it's like they, they don't want to be a burden. So I told my grandfather that he could do this shit if I got some, some products for him at the pharmacy. He's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just take fucking Tylenol. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I don't care. Just, I just need a little Tylenol. A little wine. I'm good. I'll be over in a few days. Have some brandy. Have some brandy. It's the, uh, the, the Sunny Corleone treatment. Hey, what are you, what are you, a little under the weather, Polly? Yeah, yeah, I, I've been sick a few days. Yeah, I don't know, why don't you go downstairs, have some brandy. I think that was the theme of an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm too. When Larry David is filming a movie in New York uh, and his mother dies while he's away from home and he doesn't hear news about it. Then he gets back to LA where his parents live and he pops in to see his father and his father is alone and he's kind of antsy. 
And he goes, hey, what's going on? How's mom? Where's where is she? He's like, oh, you know, she she she, but you know, she 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 been better, you know. Uh, I mean, she, she you know, she, she she was one way. I mean, she she's much better now, actually. You know what? She she was, she was uh, she was not doing very well, and now she's okay. Now she's doing all right. She's she's better. You know, people are good. People get sick, and then uh, you know. And then uh, fucking Larry squeezes it out of him, and he goes, like, was she, she, she dead? Uh, yeah, yeah, dead, dead. Why didn't you call me? Well, you know, your, your mother said, we don't, don't bother Larry. Don't call Larry. He's in New York. He's having a good time. Don't call Larry. And he's like, what do you would say? That's fucking ridiculous. What do you, that's crazy. What do you, don't want to inconvenience me. Your mother said, don't inconvenience Larry. And that's just the thing. When you get old, you don't want to inconvenience anyone. My grandfather could have COVID. We don't know. He doesn't want to hear anything about treatments. He doesn't even want to go for a test. He's like, that's ah, fine. I'm just not going to see anyone for two weeks. And that's it. And we're like, all right, we'll bring you food. We'll, we'll bring food to your doorstep if that's what you want, you know? But, uh, yeah, I don't know. This whole vac, this, this anti-vax thing, like, I don't know. I'd feel a lot better having skepticism toward everything we're fucking being told if more white-collar people were openly critical and skeptical of this sort of shit now here's what i mean everyone is critical of it when you talk to them in private pull anyone aside they'll say yeah this is fucking ridiculous man this is insane i don't understand it anymore i've had enough you know who cares anymore you know if you're at risk you know be careful but let's not shut down the whole fucking world for everyone else pretty much most people will agree with you if you say that pretty much but you know if you're a lawyer you're an accountant you have a career if you're a trade you know you you have a profession, you're well-respected, you work in a fucking white-collar field where you're worried about getting canceled and shit. You don't say that sort of thing. You know who speaks out? You know who fucking tweets out, you know, stuff that's seen as wild conspiracy theories and people who fucking are willing to question the narrative? You know who tweets shit like that? You know who posts that on their story? It's blue-collar people, man. It's plumbers. It's electricians. God bless them. I love them. I fucking love the construction guys. But, you know, it would be nice. I'm just saying it would be nice if a few fucking, you know, if a few more educated people who have more of an air of, of importance uh, were bold enough to say, this is crazy. Yeah, I'm not really down with this anymore. I feel a lot more emboldened coming out and saying, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we should keep vaccinating forever for something that seems to affect people like the fucking common cold now. I feel a lot better saying that, you know. Obviously, it's case by case. Some people... Some people are going to get smoked by it. Some people will get, you know, some people will get taken, they'll get, you know, they'll get taken out by a gust of wind. But, you know, I, I want to see, I want to see engineers and architects come out and be like wildly anti-vax. I just, just so that if I kind of take a rational point in the middle, but don't necessarily espouse all of the stuff that's, you know, socially acceptable to speak in public. I won't be seen as a wacko. That would be that would be very nice. But instead it's, you know, instead it's all the unionized guys, it's mailmen, it's uh you know, it's uh, a lot of self-employed guys who don't give a shit. They uh they'll be the ones to come out and, and speak. But people who have like a career that rides on other people giving them work, I mean they they don't say shit and it's too bad cuz that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people out there, man. Barbers, a lot of barbers are anti-vax, man. A lot of barbers are anti-vax. Every single city, I think, has like a little working class, working uh, fucking blue collar area. 
you know, where people are generally a little less educated, and I love them, man. I you gotta like, I love the I love the poorly educated. I love them. They're the great. They're, I think they're just great. The poorly educated are so important for this cause. I think they're gonna make America great again with me. It's fantastic. But no, I wasn't a great Trump. My Trump used to be a lot better than it is now. I don't know why I'm struggling to do a good Trump. But dude, like, I really think every fucking city has this. You got these little niche. You got these little niche communities where you got like these fucking immigrant households where some people just, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really down with it. In New York, it's fucking Staten Island. Long Island, Long Island is just, I mean, I shit on Long Island a lot, but Long Island, New York and New Jersey, I mean, they're like a whole other fucking world from like Manhattan, for instance. In Montreal, it's the East End, it's St. Leonard. If you go to a cafe there. None of the WAPs give a shit about it. No, they're all anti-vax. They're all anti-mask. None of them are fucking vaxxed. You know, you probably get that. I don't know. You, you, that's basically, you know, it's basically, basically, uh, it's basically any, any very, any very WAP area. Any very WAP area. I feel like you probably get a lot of that in like Woodbridge, Ontario too, if I had to guess. But that's just it, man. Like working class parts of England too, same thing. Same type of demographics there are a little less down to get the vaccine. And then in London, people just want to make money. So everyone wants to fucking get it. So they, you know, so they don't have to think about it anymore and they can go back to making money. Chiefs of industry, lawyers, doctors, they don't fucking care. Just shoot them up with whatever the hell you need to so they can go back to earning their fucking salaries. <clears throat> Let's get to a little advertisement here. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's Manscaped. Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having a clean and shiny set of balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped DM are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's Eve resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code CALCHOPOD for 20% off plus free shipping. Do not read. Host to talk about what grooming routines they will try in 2022. Hmm. You see, there's not a lot of grooming routines that I don't already upkeep on a regular basis. So... I don't know. I mean, you know what might be different? What might be interesting is I've experimented with this before. Maybe we'll ride this into January and see how it goes. And I could do this with a great shaver like the one at Manscaped. Instead of going totally clean down there, I'm going to leave a little strip, a little little fucking, what's it called? Little, uh, a little landing strip all the way down to the base of the piece. All the way down to the base of the piece. From the belly button down. I think that's what I'll do. That's a routine that I think I can keep up. It's pretty similar to what I do now. It'd be a little bit of a different style. We'll give it a go. I think that's what I'm going to try this year. You should do that if you get Manscaped as well. Maybe we could all just create a little... That'd be fun. Yeah, I just... I don't be seen as a fucking creep here, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not coercing anyone to do this. If you want to do this, feel free to, feel free to just show me how you're rocking your, uh, your bushes down there. You could do that. You could do that. I won't share it for obvious reasons, but... You know, it'll be great to see that you guys are enjoying the products. You know, dick and balls in the picture optional. You could just show me the top of, of, of the crotch above the, above, above the jewels. You could show me the whole package. I don't really care. Erect, flaccid, whatever you want. 
Send it my way. I want to see that you guys are enjoying the products, baby. And, you know, I'll just repent to the church and tell them that I didn't mean it. You know? And, of course, I don't mean any of this because I'm a good Catholic and I love the church and I don't want to go to hell. And I believe that if I, if I were to be serious right now, that would be very bad. That would be a very bad sin. I would be going to hell. So, you know, if you don't like me and you're annoyed with me and you want to condemn me to hell, send me pictures of your nuts. Make me question my sexuality. If I'm seeing a bunch of them, eventually I'll, I'm sure I'll probably, you know, I'll, I'll probably, I'll probably be like, oh, you know, that one doesn't look that bad. That one looks pretty nice. You know, maybe, maybe it's possible. That'd be fun. Test how straight I really am. Uh, inside the performance package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower DM 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 400K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but if you're shaving yourself down there, if you don't have the right product, you will nick or snag your nuts because it is loose. It is loose skin. I don't care how taut the rest of your body are, is, excuse me, how taut the rest of your skin is, how taut the rest of your body parts are. Uh, the nuts are loose. You got to go real slow around there and you need something like what the, man, what the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 has because that advanced skin safe technology really does work better than anything else I've ever tried. So go on over to manscaped.com right now. We're rolling into 2022. Same ad. They're still sponsoring the pod with code CULTURALPOD. It'll save you 20% plus free shipping worldwide. Check them out, Manscaped. Uh, uh, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping with code CALCHOPOD. I already said that. Cheers to new balls in 2022. It's a new year, no pubes. No, no, Jesus Christ, I fucked that up. It's new year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped DM. Unless you want the landing strip, which is also acceptable. Okay, let's get to a little calcio talk. There has been a lot going on. And I have to say, I can't believe that we're at where we're at right now. I cannot believe the state of affairs right now. Honest to fucking God. I want to take that back. I can't understand this. I totally get where we're at. It's not a huge surprise to me that Claudio Lotito still owns two teams in Serie A, Lazio, the big ones that make him money, and Salernitana, the little ones who make him no money that he didn't even want to probably get promoted to Serie A last year because he knew what a headache it would cause him. So look, here's what I'm proposing. This podcast is going to be dropping on the 24th of December. He's got like less than a week. Less than a week to sell Salernitana by December 31st, the deadline which has been set by the Fijici, if he does not sell the team by that point, Salernitana are going to be omitted from the league. You guys might have seen stories about this. Apparently, he's having a very hard time finding buyers. Now, here's what I'd like to do. I would like to propose that I become the owner of Salernitana. I will buy them. I will fucking buy them. I'm serious. Because Claudio Lotito has no fucking other option here. It doesn't look like anyone is stepping up to the plate. Listen. Because of the headache that I'll be fucking saving him, this is my best and final offer, okay? I know this is kind of like the Venezia thing which fell on deaf ears. We'll give it a shot. You never know. We'll fucking, I'll reach out to journalists and stuff, people we know. We'll try to get to people at Lazio during the holidays, disturb their Christmas festivities. We got to get through to Lotito somehow. We're going to make this happen. Here's what I'm offering. If Claudio Lotito pays me 500,000 euro net, I will take the club off his hands. That's it. So... He pays me 500 grand. I'm going to save him a big ass fucking headache. I will then run the club. I will then run the club. We'll try to keep them up this year. I've worked for a football club before. Didn't go very well. But I have experience. I still have experience. I'll give it a go. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the only one who's willing to step up to the plate here, it seems. 
Obviously, he's fucking, you know, he's trying to negotiate with other people. I don't know if they're finagling overpriced. I'm going to make it very simple. I'm doing you a favor, Claudio, okay? Claudio, pay me 500 grand and it's mine. That's it. You never have to think about it again. The nightmare is over and you can still send Lazio players here on loan. We'll create an affiliate link or something. I don't know. If we get relegated to Serie B. My family's from Calabria. It's not that far off from Campania. I kind of have a bit of a sudden bias. I do have a Juventus tattoo that may, you know, that may be a bit of a tough look, but it's been done before. I'll get a Salernitana tattoo. If accepted. I will move there. I will run the fucking club. I will delegate. I believe in delegation. You see, that's the thing. I believe in, in finding the right people to do the right job. That's what I believe in. So I'm not going to come in and shake things up. I'm just going to, I think status quo is good. I think they got to Serie A. I think we just got to, you know, we, we just got to, we got to do what we can to try to stay up. If we go down, that's fine. That's fine. We just got to, we got to stabilize the boat. That's what I'm going for here. I'm dead fucking serious. If Claudio Lotito reaches out to me and is willing to pay me 500 grand net, I will drop everything I'm doing in my life and I will go there and run the club for him. I will try to keep it afloat. I don't even want to think about what kind of fucking debt that club has taken on. I have no personal wealth while he has a lot to fund the club. So every fucking transfer is going to be funded by internal business activities going on. It may be difficult, but if he could do it, if he's willing to do it, if it's legal, if we could do it in good faith, I will fucking do it. I'm dead serious. Facciamo girare quel clip. Okay, I'm fucking reaching out to Claudio Lotito. I can't imagine any of my listeners have any way to get through to him, but I, I'll fucking try. I'll try to reach out. You never know. I have the answer. Because if, if right now, if this happens, if they don't, I mean, if they can't find a seller, if Claudio Lotito and his fucking group can't find a seller, it's going to be a joke for the league. It's going to be a terrible fucking look. For a team to get omitted midseason that should have never even been allowed in in the first place? Are you kidding me? That's a tough look. I am here to save face. For the league. I'll do it. I am fucking all in. I'm all in. I mean, listen, I know the fucking people of Salerno probably wouldn't be a huge fan of me because they'd be like, who is this clown? He doesn't understand a whole lot about football. More importantly, he has no money and that's all we need. We want a rich owner. But at least I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm not so stupid that I bought two teams at once. That's the guy you had before. But Claudio, I'm not calling you stupid. I mean, you're obviously a very smart man. You own two football clubs. You're powerful. You're therefore very smart, I'm sure. Make the smart play. Sell it to me. For 500,000 euro, my way, net. Let's do it. Shoot or shoot. May as well. Uh, Napoli sold Costas Manolas to Olympiacos. And a few days later, they lost to Spezia 1-0 on a... Goal scored, an OG scored by Juan Jesus, who, might I remind you, is a piece of shit. I'm in the Christmas spirit, but nothing can fucking take away from the fact that I hate that guy. Skin crawls every time I hear that guy's name. Remember, I met this guy and he was a piece of shit to me. And once you're a fucking piece of shit to fans, that's it. I'm basing my entire judgment of you as a person, as a father, as a son, based on that one encounter that lasted about one minute. That one minute of your life... That affects how I view you the rest of fucking the rest of fucking time. I don't forget, baby. I don't fucking forget. Scarfish, man. You'll never forget, man. You'll never fucking forget. It's about the res it's about respect, man. 
When you got respect, you could do anything, man. It's a great Christmas movie, by the way. It's an underrated Christmas movie. We'll get to that at the end of the pod. Pod might be a little bit longer this week to kind of last uh, into next week, by the way. Not sure if I'll be doing an episode next week. This may be the last one of 2021, actually. So we may go a little longer and we'll probably wrap with like a little segment. We'll talk about uh, some Christmas movies. I don't know. I'll give a couple of my picks. You guys can reach out, DM, uh, tweet at me, whatever. Let me know what your favorite Christmas movies are or movies to watch at Christmas. But regardless, it's really tough. Napoli had a huge win against Milan at the weekend. Bit of a contentious one. Milan scoring late on. Goal got ruled out. Not really sure where the offside came from in that play. Not, you know, apparently Milan fans unsurprisingly didn't see it either. Regardless, they lost. Napoli beat him and only went on to lose to, Spe- to fucking Spezia at home. <clears throat> but again, very satisfying that it was Juan Jesus who scored the goal. Makes you wonder. Like, I don't know. I honestly, I wonder where they'll be in like a year, in a year's time. I know they're competing for the title right now, but selling Manolas was not a great play in my opinion. I don't think Juan Jesus is, I don't think he's a starter for a top city outside that wants to play in the Champions League. I don't. And I also think Lorenzo Insigne is toast. I gotta say, I, I fucking, I, I really, I believe it now. I, I'm starting to believe this whole fucking rumor of him going to Toronto for like $9 million a year. US or like 8 million euro. If that's his net pay, that's a lot more than a lot of fucking teams in the world would be willing to pay for him right now. He'll be 32, no, excuse me, he'll be 31 by the time the transfer goes through. I mean, listen, in like a week, he, he's free to negotiate with anybody. So I don't see how he renews with Napoli. If they lose their captain for zero, for nothing, I mean, that'd be, that'd be very bad. He's so key to that attack, bro. He really is. And here's the thing, I... I didn't believe it at first, but I actually, thinking about it now, I think it makes sense that Lorenzo Insigne wants to go to Toronto. Because again, Toronto is seen as this, as this, I don't know why. Tor- listen, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast from Toronto. By the way, shout out to Anthony from Toronto, who won the Manscaped uh, Perfect Package 4.0, courtesy of Avo Tufankjan, last week's guest. Um, again, I, lo- I, listen, I love my listeners in Toronto, but I have to say, it's not a great city. Like, the culture of Toronto is not as nice as that of Montreal. Montreal's very unique. It feels like a European city. There's multiple languages here. People in Toronto kind of, I don't know. It's boring, man. It's boring. The Italians are different there. They seem all right. You know, they seem cool. But, like, dude, just they're, I don't know. I find them more unidimensional, a lot of the people that live out there, man. They're very, you know what it is? They're just very, they're very, they're very, uh, what's the fucking word? They're very like peanut butter and jelly, if that makes sense. I don't know. The, I, Toronto's not that great a fucking place. It's not. But because of Drake, because of Justin Bieber, because it's, I don't know, because of the Toronto Raptors, who won the NBA championship, I think there's a lot of luster surrounding that city. I think Lorenzo Insigne sees that. He saw what happened with Sebastian Jovinko. He says, fuck it, I'll do it. Fuck it, I'll do it. I'll probably still get in for the World Cup. Because he's only going to have been playing there for a few months. He'll probably have racked up enough good faith where he wouldn't get omitted from the World Cup side even though he's going to be playing on turf pitches against teams named the Revolution and the Timbers. But I think he thinks he has one more major tournament in his legs. Again, I also think a lot of it will be contingent on us qualifying for the World Cup. If we don't qualify, he's going 100%. I fucking guarantee it. Another thing I can guarantee is that if it weren't for the money... 
there'd be no fucking reason for him to come because as soon as he touched down, as soon as he touched down, he'd fucking regret it. The summer would be okay, but come like fucking October, November, when the first minus 10 day happens and there's not even any fucking snow outside, he'll be over it. He will. He's not going to like playing on turf fields. He's had an ACL injury before. I'm really fucking freaked out about that one because he's a guy who I thought would age well. Like he's a guy who you could see playing for the Azzurri until, until he's like fucking 35. If he wants to. He's a guy who you could see kind of being like Francesco Totti. The way he plays. Very technical. Not all about physical. He doesn't play a physical game actually. He's so fucking small and diminutive. His physique has nothing to do with the way he's able to play. So I don't think there would be much inhibiting him from like playing into the age of. Playing into his late 30s. Playing to the age of 40 if he wanted to for fuck's sake. We'll see how he holds up. He just feels like one of those guys. So it would be devastating if he left man. I know guys have come back. From uh, you know playing playing in MLS, he could. I think he would eventually, but God, that would feel weird. It would feel really fucking weird. I I don't know. It's tough because he's like the best player for the Azzurri in some you know in the attacking sphere. Anyway, he might be one of the most important players. I should say he's definitely not the best player for the Azzurri, but he's up there, right? He's one of the most important players, and that doesn't look like it'll stop anytime soon. For him to go there would be fucking detrimental to his reputation. I don't know. But I think it's going to happen. I really do. And I think Napoli are going to be fucked. I think they're going to suffer big time as a result. Um, you know. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that Lorenzo Insigne wasn't going to sign for Napoli and Federico Bernardeschi was going to re-sign with Juve, which it looks like is going to happen now. He's playing quite well, I have to say. And it only takes a good stretch of like a month or two months. Three months, maybe. Maybe. Maybe even less. You know, up to three months. So if you're playing fucking well for three months, you're guaranteed a contract the next year. He'll probably make the same fucking money at Juve. He scored a goal the other day, first in a while, but dude, he's been looking good. He's looked key to the attack. He's looked more composed on the ball. And what's weird is apparently Juve have, Jesus Christ, I saw a stat. I think it was that in like eight games without Paulo Dybala, they, no, I think it was in six games without Paulo Dybala, they scored eight goals and conceded none. That's wild. It's a wild fucking stat. So they've not, they've not, um, they've not fucking, I don't believe they've lost without him this year. I don't know. Like, Dybala has a much higher value. It, it just makes you realize that the Juve, I'm not saying you sell Dybala and keep Bernardeschi. I'm just saying it makes you realize that a lot of the way, uh, a lot of the ways that Juve have kind of managed their roster over the past couple years has not aged well. You know what I mean? Like, they probably should have got rid of Alexandro and Paolo Dybala years ago, it looks like, in retrospect, and reinvested that and continued that same cycle that led them to succeed. Granted, they've been playing better lately, going in to the Christmas break on a bit of a high. Inter are looking real good. They press so fucking well. Uh, the Limone and Zaghi system, man, with the three center backs that they kind of got familiar with under Antonio Conte looks to be doing very well. I love the way that the extra center back kind of steps in sometimes. They look dangerous. It looks like they could have kind of maybe just coasted under the radar for a few months like they did last year, but it looks like they might sneakily come up with Another real serious title challenge here. Uh, what else? Another news. Fuck it. Yo, the uh, Nations League. The Nations League group is out. We got Germany, England, and Hungary. Um, it's a group where, obviously, I mean, you'd expect you'd expect Hungary to go down and get relegated. Obviously, you got to beat them twice, and then you're probably good. But dude, it's gonna be really fucking interesting. I have to say, the Nations League has been. I don't know. Nations League has been cool. I know we went on a bit of a run last year, but I think this is what it's really all about. If you get to play another couple of really serious teams in competitive games, 
then it becomes a lot more fun. I'm really looking forward to that. I'd be able to look forward to it a lot more if we had qualified for this World Cup already. But, you know, and what makes it even worse is the fact that Jorginho keeps scoring fucking goddamn penalties all the time for Chelsea. That makes it really hard to fucking stomach. But, look, I'll say this. With all this Omicron shit going around, this new variant apparently being super contagious and these motherfuckers getting tested all the time, you'd assume that cases will continue to surge. And when one player in a team tests for it, then all the other fucking players are going to test as well. They're going to get tested. And the chance that people get, you know, ruled out for being positive with COVID is going to be pretty high as we continue throughout the winter. Dude, I have a feeling that fucking Marco Verratti or something's going to get COVID. I think, like, something bad's going to happen. You know, this isn't the summer. This isn't, like, in the fucking month of June last year when people were just double vaxxed and thought they were good. This is different now. We know that people are still getting the virus and apparently if they get it, that's a bad thing, right? That has to be avoided. We need to fucking shun them from the rest of society, put them in a box for two weeks and that's a problem. That's a real fucking issue, man. If Marco Verratti tests positive or something or Nicolo Barella, Jorginho tests for it. I don't know, man. I'm just concerned. Like, What if Donnarumma gets fucking COVID in Paris or something and then we don't have our goalkeeper? Of course, it could happen in Portugal, too. I'm just... I'm worried about it. I don't know. I'm very worried about that whole World Cup qualification generally, and I don't know why. I don't know why I'm so nervous. I don't know why it matters to me anymore. I really don't. Like, I'm a grown man. What do I care about the result of a sport? It doesn't affect my life, and yet, but yet it does, right? Because it just... How much of a tease would that be if, like, everything that happened at the Euro last summer was just, like, a one-and-done... You're back to fucking sucking when it comes to... Anything to do with the World Cup. That would be odd, you know? Because, like, you crave that social benefit that you get from, from, from participation in a tournament like that, let alone going on to win it. Just being in it, just being part of the party is, is super important, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. I really don't know. Look, all I know is this. Jorginho might fucking take more penalties for us. I'll say that. He's he's scoring them for Chelsea like crazy. And and if he takes one for the, for La Nazionale, you know he's probably going to miss it because he's going to be in his head. He's going to be fucking nervous. So hopefully we could do it without any goddamn PKs. That's the only that's the only fucking that's the only wish I have at the moment now, man. And it's coming right up. In two months. Two months ago was Halloween, man. It doesn't feel like that long ago. In two months, we're in two months, we're gonna be like a week away from that first game. Just wild. Absolutely wild. And you know, I, I'm getting a hunch. I'm reading some of the shit that Mancini's saying. It looks like we're probably going to ride with the same boys that won the Euro. So for all this talk of like bringing back Balotelli or like bringing in Scott Maka as impressive as he's been lately, you think it's going to be the same group and that's it. And, and you know, like Giacomo Raspadori's had a good couple of weeks. And I know the big concern is Who's the, who the forwards are, but he's not going to start. He's not. It's going to be Immobile. It's going to be Immobile. It's going to be Belotti. We're going to ride them out, and we're going to just hope that the same fucking formula works. And that's and that fucking Leonardo Spinazzola's legs are working by then. Ah! Merry Christmas. What a fucking what a fucking downer, man. What a fucking I I literally can't keep a podcast cheery. I have I have such a fucking hard time keeping podcast cheery, dude. I um. By the way, I saw Inter are in some financial trouble too. Apparently, they're in hot water now where they're going to be under investigation for some nefarious activities too. Can we just go on record and I'll... Or I'm going to go on record and say this and can we just all agree that, dude, if you're not cheating, if you're not doping, if you're not fucking 
if you're not fucking trying to fuck around with your club's finances, if you're not in financial trouble, if you're not being investigated, then you're probably not trying enough. You're probably not putting in enough effort. You're, not pro you're probably not trying hard enough to win. What do you notice? It's the fucking teams that win shit, that have won all the titles in the last 11 years that are getting investigated for shit like this. It's like you have to do that in order to win. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder why, like, uh, you gotta wonder how these investigations could even take place, like, unironically. It's obvious that everyone fucking engages in this sort of shit. Like, when Napoli claimed they bought Victor Ossiman for, like, 80 million euro, but they only transferred over 35 million euro in cash, but the players that they sent over as part of the deal, they're valuing it, like, 50 or 40 million euro. And then a year after the transfer goes through, those players aren't even playing professional football anymore. You ask questions. You kind of just know that everyone's doing it and you just accept it. I, I, don't, I don't fucking get it, man. I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, you know what I think? I think everyone's going to fucking get off scot-free. I don't think it's possible. I, I think the only thing you can get in trouble for is fucking match-fixing. I actually don't even think it's possible to get in trouble for financial uh, foul play. I think you just pay fines and stuff and you always get off for that shit. I think they just like to say that they're investigating people so that, you know, there seems to be a certain amount of, of, of like, dignity and, and of a standard being upheld. That's why they go after people. That's why they go after presidents. That's why they go after clubs. That's what I fucking think, man. Dude, let's, uh, let's get a little cheery here. Let's talk about some more positive stuff before we wrap. Um, okay, look. I have a theory. I think the best movies to watch at Christmas are mob movies. I don't know if that's that hard to take. I'm sure a lot of you fucking wops agree with me. I'm sure a lot of you have watched The Godfather at Christmas. Uh, Scarface is a great one to watch as well. I don't know what it is about Scarface, but like just seeing Miami and shit around Christmas. Another one that I love are the Bond movies. The Daniel Craig Bond movies are unreal to watch at Christmas. You know what I think some of the worst movies to watch at Christmas are? Christmas movies. Those Hallmark movies fucking suck. All of them. They all fucking suck. They're so cookie cutter. The best movies to watch are like Tarantino movies at Christmas. Tarantino movies, gangster movies, and like spy movies. Superhero movies fucking suck all the time. You maybe what you maybe yeah you know what superhero movies are good for? If you go to Comic Con and you're one of those people that's into that shit, or if you're dating someone, it's pretty fresh and you just need a movie to go see. I don't know how many times I've thought of like like dude like if I just if I didn't have any fucking idea for a date, what do you defer to? Just movies. How many times I've seen movies that are just eh like whatever like I have no interest in seeing, but we just want to go to the movies. So we go there as a date, you know, as a date activity. Happens all the fucking time. Since I've been dating my girlfriend, which is like fucking four years now, I have maybe gone to see like two movies with her that I really wanted to see. There was The Irishman and there was a fucking other one that I can't even goddamn remember. It was Bond. It was No Time to Die. Wanted to see The Many Saints of Newark, but we didn't because we're still watching The Sopranos together from start to finish. She never saw it. So, like... I don't know, superhero movies, a lot of people say, yeah, I, 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 love, I love watching Batman movies and stuff. Joker was good. Dark Knight's good. That's different, though. Those are, like, good standalone films. I, I don't know. Just, it's, it's, I can't get into those fucking movies, man. I can't get into these fucking 
Marvel, DC. I, I'm so not into that, man. I'm really not. Um, so yeah, for me, it goes uh, top five. Godfather Saga is number one. Number two is Scarface. Number three is any of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. But it's, I mean, usually, I guess you'd watch them from beginning to end. So you binge it over like a day or two because that's what you could do at Christmas. You have all these days off. You could just take like the fucking 26th of December off until you have to go to like dinner at night and just watch movies and watch football. Watch Premier League football, of course. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's number three. Pulp Fiction, number four. And that's a great holiday movie to watch. The last one has to be a Scorsese movie. A Raging Bull, a Taxi Driver. Casino! Casino, Casino number five. Those are the best movies to watch at Christmas. They're classics. Because you know what it is? It's, I, find, I find you're less likely to just pick up the remote one night and say, yeah, you know what? Let's watch on Netflix what's good. Let's watch an old fucking movie. I feel like rewatching something that I've seen like many times, but the last time I watched it was like six years ago. You're not going to do that in like the month of April, you know? You do it during holidays. You'll do that at Thanksgiving. You'll do that maybe on like, again, on like New Year's, New Year's Day, December 27th. That's the fucking shit, man. That's the fucking shit. I'm probably going to. I'm probably going to watch... God, I, I got, I'm going to watch one of those five tomorrow, I think. Or today. Or tomorrow at the time of recording. Today, uh, the 24th of December, by the time this is up. Lord knows there's not going to be anything else to do in this fucking empty household. On December 24th this year. Second COVID Christmas in a row. But regardless, listeners, I love you very much. I really do. And I think now is a good time to reiterate that because, you know... It's the festive season, and this also might be the last podcast of the year, and I had a lot of fun doing the pod this year. And again, if there winds up being a pod next week, then, you know, fuck it. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, I, might re, I might reiterate this. I might not, but look, 2021 was a great year uh, for the pod itself in that I had a lot of fun doing the pod. I liked the direction it took. I liked the way it evolved. Genaletti took a step back. I took a step forward. A lot of you guys stuck around, which I really love. And the fucking Euro, man. The Euro was incredible. A lot of us were able to come together. I love the way that we were able to just kind of come together as a community and party and shit. And I like the direction we're going into in 2022. It's going to be a big year for me personally as I look to pursue my stand-up uh, career, which is a goal of mine that I've had for a long time. I've been writing for like a year now. I have a lot of shit I want to take uh, to the stage. And I don't know whether I'll be allowed to do that in my my local jurisdiction but i'm gonna try to find ways to um but regardless i'll have the pod to come back to all the time you know to spitball and share ideas and stuff so uh look keep participating keep on listening if you want to offer me one gift this year it would be refer the fucking pod to two friends refer the pod this episode the podcast broadly whatever refer it to two people i want you guys to refer this to two people each and i want to grow I want to grow, man. I want to continue to grow this and I want people to continue to be entertained by me. It brings me great joy. Um, so again, yeah, if you, want to offer, if you want to offer me anything this year, I don't need your money. I just need you to text a couple buddies who you think would appreciate my shit, man. Whether they like soccer or not, send it their way. A couple people each. So look, love to you all. Uh, Merry Christmas. Buon Natale. Buon Anno. 
and a very safe and festive holiday season for you all. Until next time, listeners, we'll catch you soon. Un abbraccio forte, vi voglio bene, ciao! Penso futuro e mi aperto pensando che la caccia persa Perde l'amore importante a roba non siendo il tuo stesso Ti pensa che sto buono e mi è complesso Si ti racconta vita mia tu e ti indulcesso Si ti accarezza tu ti ingazzo ricevi in mano Tu giuro e ti voglio bene pure si ti rompo male Cagni e penso passato e mi chiamava amore mio Tu giuro e ti voglio bene ma sicuro non sei mio E sacrificio che hai fatto se mi ricordo Quando non si scendeva perché ci stavano mai sorti Poca tenga sta cosa ma mi manca chi sta amore Tornare da buona pace e poi mi stai venendo fuori Ma mancherese per nascere ancora So che mi stai amando e scema Poca mi tocca ma mi provo più amore Vuoi nascere ma non Manuela Ma mancherese per nascere ancora So che mi stai amando e scema Poca mi tocca ma mi provo più amore Vuoi nascere ma non Manuela Secondo chi si sorte, ma pare capo per capire mi rindano foglie Che la carta sai buona capo serve a poco Però quando è gagna che la roba se cade la vita a poco